Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hello, hello. Hi, everybody. Welcome to MAPS Season 17, Episode 5. Hi, Aid. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. Been better, but I'm okay. A little under the weather, but I sound okay, right? You sound normal. Or maybe you just sound like I usually do. (laughs) Yeah. So, guys, we have an episode. I know a bunch of you messaged, but we have an episode and it's here now. But do you have any housekeeping you want to share? This week, since we're coming at you a little late, um, we we will not have After Party on Patreon for, uh, let's call it last week's episode. We'll have this week's After Party up on Monday as per usual. Um, there is a new episode this week and we will have it out to you on time. Yep. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but with that, Tane, what is going on in Mathsland? Not much, not much. But I think the biggest news is that Woody and Imani had their second kid. Rai Zahir Randall was born November 7th and they did not know the gender ahead of time. And she had an at-home birth. I think um, Rain was born at home also, if I'm not mistaken. But Mama and Baby are doing well. And congratulations to the Randalls. It's very, very exciting. Yeah. And, and, you know, I like that they got to enjoy at least a week because they announced it later um, that she had given birth. So they got to enjoy that privacy before they went public with it. So. Um, in the same vein, Bella Rain, which is the company Amani has with Brianna, they are live, they sell loungewear there, they have mama and baby matching sets, so go support and check it out. Christmas is coming. <laughs> and finally, Amber from North Carolina is engaged. Good for Amber. <laughs> Yeah, and that's all that's going on. I'm going to need these people to step it up. Like, I need more tea, more juice. Like, everyone's just happy and settled. I feel like there has been, I mean, uh, Kate from Philadelphia got engaged. Yeah. I do think, you know, people have been have been reporting out. Reporting out? Yeah, you know, good news. Oh, I know. But we talked about that. It's just like it's not as usually I have like a whole bullet points of stuff going on. But now it's like everyone's just going out to dinner, going to a concert. That's not interesting when I say that. (laughs) (laughs) They think it's interesting. They post about it. This isn't funny, but I saw and I just briefly glanced and saw that Nate was going back to therapy, making an announcement about that. I was like, okay, I guess that's news. Nate, everything about Nate. Nate is just trying anything that could be content. He just posts things about motivation. He's on his positive affirmation. He's in his positive affirmation era, just trying to be his best self. I mean, something else I saw was Ben and Kristen hung out. I don't know if that's exciting news, but they hung out. But then they all hang out whenever they're in each other's city, so... Like, on one hand, I'm like, how are these people always traveling to other cities? And then I look at my own life, and I'm like, be quiet. 
I know. I was like, why would you wonder that? <laughs> a lot of people travel these days. They just have to know people in those cities. So, myself included. Yeah. Um, how are you feeling about this episode? Um, this show is still a good show. It slowed down a little, but then they hit us with something to think about. So I'll give it that. What did you think? Um, I think it was good. Um, I, I'm very interested. Like everyone knows what the big thing is, so I'm very interested in us talking about it. We haven't talked about it ahead of time, so we're gonna find out what the other thinks. You know, when we get to that point, and it was so much for me that I had to go back and rewatch it just to make sure I didn't miss anything and just to make sure like my thoughts are straight. But honestly, I don't, I don't know. When we get there, we'll get there. But I like anything that gives me pause for thought, you know, and requires you to just step outside yourself a little bit and see other points of view. So yeah, they gave us something. Okay. Um, diving into it. Um, they don't let these couples have alone time because the first thing we see is they all get together in the lobby and they're just sitting there seemingly to eat and to chat and all that. And Lauren asks them what they're excited for. And Mr. Funny Guy cracks a joke. And by Mr. Funny Guy, I mean Cameron, because this man just thinks he's funny and doesn't know a thing about time and place. And it's like doing something physical is the point of the honeymoon. Um, I mean, I guess he means like paddleboarding and maybe jet skiing and stuff, but it was a double entendre there. So well, maybe my mind is dirty because I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I thought okay, I thought that one was funny. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, I I'm not saying that I think Cameron is funny overall, but that particular one I gave a chuckle and I understood what he meant. I was like, ah. I understood what he meant. I was just like, eh, maybe I'm just over him at this point. I just I don't understand people who think they have to be funny all the time. Like it's just an, it gets annoying that even when you crack a funny joke, it's not going to be funny because it's just all the time, quip after quip. Um, Lauren and Orion say how great it's been and that she's physically attracted to him. Emily says that Brennan exceeded all her expectations and he agrees also. Claire says that she and Cameron are very different people, but it works to their advantage, but they have a lot of learning to do. So Cameron says, yeah, that he can be a lot, but she's taking it like a champ. May no, may your new husband never describe you that way. You're taking it like a champ, buddy. So they're, they're <laughs> having some very weird, like, um, like, it's very, uh, I'm trying, not necessarily politically correct, but putting the best shine on things is the best way I could describe what they are doing. Yes, absolutely. And it's so funny because when you watch them, one person saying something, another person saying something, it's not necessarily wrong, but when they put it together in a conversation, it comes out just all wrong. And it's just always awkward. It's just unfortunate. It's just, I just don't think they, they're compatible. At all. The quickness so. in which they're not compatible. Is like, <laughs> we're, you know, a couple of days not even into the honeymoon. And I'm like, these two have no future. <laughs> Just, yeah. yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Becca and Austin, they high five each other. Basically just say they nailed it. They being the experts, I guess. Um, Cameron said 
Hearing Austin talk about Becca makes him jealous and he's not sure why they're struggling and why they're behind the other couples. And I'm like, well, thanks for giving the producers what they wanted. Because I'm like, why would they land on their honeymoon? And the first thing you want them to do is sit together and compare each other, give them space. But Cameron gives them exactly, I think, what they were looking for. Like, hey, you're behind. You're not with the other couples. (laughs) So um, someone brings up sex and Cameron says he's looking for the spark. And he's hoping that that spark happens in the honeymoon. And Claire is quick to add, but with zero pressure. Zero pressure. <laughs> I've never seen anyone, you know, that thing on Twitter where it's like, tell me without telling me X, Y, Z. Tell me you don't want to sleep with me without actually saying that you don't want to sleep with me. This is what Claire is doing to Cameron. So maybe she hasn't actually said the words, but I can understand why Cameron is so confused as to where to move because everything her body language is saying is don't come near me. But then her words are like, oh, we're progressing, baby steps. So. Eh, unfortunate. Lauren says she would rather wait till they build it up and they get to the point where they can't wait to rip each other's clothes off. So we move on to Becca and Austin. They wake up to some rain and I just feel instantaneously sad for them. Listen, I know what the rain does for the world, the ecosystem (laughs) and all that, but rain just ruins everything for me. Like once there's rain, unless you're like comfortably in your house or whatever it just ruins everything and your honeymoon seeing rain that's just sad that just made me sad (laughs) so becca said that austin is equal parts weird that she didn't ask for it but the experts say that's what she needed and it's working austin thinks that they're a good balance of silly and serious and he can't believe that he might just have met his one i'm like oh that's so cute Emily took a tumble. We learned that they showered. She says it's a PG-13 shower, which honestly, Ada, at this point, I'm like, what is a PG-13 shower? But she clarified on After Party that they had their bathing suits on, which then, is that a shower if your nether regions are not being washed? (laughs) I... It's not a cleaning shower, but I'm like, if you just went to the beach and (laughs) you're just washing off the sand, was it that type of shower? It's not a shower. It's a rinse off. Okay. So they weren't weren't showering. They were rinsing. And hopefully there was an actual cleaning of the body at some other point. Afterwards. I know. I mean, I was just happy that PG-13, because I'm like, okay, what is PG-13 in a shower? But that was clarified for me. But we see that she took a tumble. And I'm like, how accident prone is someone? Because now she took a tumble in the honeymoon. Based on the previews, we see she's going to get into something with the ATV. And then based on after party, she's still wearing that, oh, hey, you shared what that thing was. But I, do you remember what it is? I said Tata video once we figured out what this thing of. It, it looks like a, an innovative type of like brace. Like, instead of having a cast, you have this, like, thing that's, like, molded to your hand. I don't know if that's what she has, but it looked like it. Yeah. So that's three incidents, and I've only known her for five weeks. Can I say something? I learned this in college. Yes. (laughs) In college, there was, like, a couple people I knew who kept on, like, slipping on ice and falling. And I realized that most of these, all of these falls actually happened when they were drinking. 
<laughs> your chances of taking a tumble when you're not sober go up. I'm telling you, I knew somebody, she's like, oh, I broke my hand. And then someone else, she's like, yeah, we were drinking. He broke his, what? I, I truly think these things are related with her. I'm like, perhaps if you stop drinking, you might fall less. Just saying. Huh, interesting. I, for some reason, I was thinking this happened in the morning. Not that that matters, but she said she was going to go get towels. So you might be right. I wonder if alcohol played a part into that. Um, Emily and Brennan had what I thought was a helpful conversation where they just talked about their lives, the things that make them driven. And, you know, Emily is a partier, but she seems to be very ambitious, which I think her friends have said before, but I just couldn't reconcile the two. You know, so they say don't judge a book by its cover, but she says that she needs a routine. He says he can help with that. She tells him that she has terrible work-life balance and it's hard to shut down because there's money to be made. And Brendan says, like, you know, that's a good thing. Like, I don't want you to lose your drive, but you have to have some kind of balance. He does say that he's also motivated to work this hard because he wants to provide the best life for their family. So um, they seem aligned on that end. Um, She says she's bad at budgeting, that she would like her money to go further. And he says he's, after saying all that, she says she likes to eat what she wants, travel whenever she wants. And the next thing Brennan says is, I'm big on living below my means. Do you believe in that? I'm like, did you not hear what she just said? Like, I like to eat what I want, travel when I want or whatever. She's like, yeah, I I know my money could go further, but I'm I'm open to you taking the rein on finances. So all in all, these two seem aligned. Like, I mean, they're not going to be exactly the same person, but they seem to share the same values. And as Emily never forgets to tell us on After Party, they're politically aligned. So that's good. I thought, and this is the second time this has happened, where her friend was like, oh, Emily doesn't know how to compromise. And then with the money talk, she's immediately like, I'm willing, like, I think you're better at this. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with what you're trying to do. I'm like, this is the words of a person who doesn't know how to compromise. I don't think so. No, it's not. But we talked about this last week where she was doing all the compromising, where they were talking about the temperature. She's like, oh, I can compromise with the waking up. She said, I can compromise. And I'm like, okay, this might be a good thing because she's not like adamant on anything so far. So far, what she's shown us is that she can compromise and is willing to compromise. Now we have to watch for it being too much the other way. (sighs) (laughs) So Claire and Cameron. Cameron is all ready to go paddle boarding and Claire is saying nice things, but her tone is saying, Lord, why did you pair me with this weirdo? (laughs) Because, I mean, he's all dressed up in his little get up It's not matching. I didn't even notice it wasn't matching until she pointed it out, I think. She did or said something about it. Um, Cameron says that they had a conversation the night before about physical touch and intimacy. And he's even more confused because he did not get a clear understanding of what she wants. And I promise I don't want to be on Cameron's side. But I can understand how he's confused because Claire says things and you're like, what are you saying? Like, what is the end goal of the point that you're trying to make uh, I, she she does talk in circles a little but the problem is is when they're like oh we had a conversation 
you're like, okay, so what you are both reporting back as the topic of the conversation does not match. So I don't know who's right and who's wrong. Yep. Um, he said he wants to get the energy of comfort and safety from her, but she keeps making jokes about his lack of fashion sense and he doesn't think that she feels comfortable with him. To Cameron's point, like I said, she kept nitpicking. I mean, I know she said it in a jokey way, but the way I read it, she's saying things, but her tone or body language is reading different. She said, oh, he looks like a dad and all that kind of stuff or whatever. But I'm just like, not trying to be mean or anything, but I don't think she has a leg to stand on because she wore denim shorts and a crochet top to go paddleboard. I mean, when denim gets wet, that gets very heavy and he didn't make fun of her. And if he did, we would be on his ass immediately. So and that I don't crochet know. shop was really ugly. <laughs> so I don't know what if it's just a miscommunication. Like that's how she, that's like a act of endearment with someone and he's more sensitive, but they don't know each other and it's all that. But I don't know. I don't I, I don't understand. Something about them just doesn't gel, no matter how hard anyone tries. But they have their activities, they do their paddle boarding, they sit down. She says, you know, it's a good way to start, it's baby steps. And the one thing I will say about them is although there's a miscommunication, they're not gelling, signals are crossed, they're both still willing to try. This is the part where we've seen in other math seasons where someone's like, nope, we don't get along. I am shutting down. There is nothing you can do to turn around. This is just DOA. But they're still trying. Granted, it may not work, but they're still trying. And I'll give them points for that. On one hand, I'm like, oh, you're still trying, which is the premise of the show that you at least try. On the other hand, I'm sitting here watching this thinking, oh, this is dead in the water. So is it really, like, a good use of your time and energy to be trying? I mean, I think the thing, thing, the conclusion that I came to last year is as long as you're trying, there's a TV show for me to watch, which is what we're here for. But, yeah. I think I would rather watch... Okay, it's too soon. I was about to say I think I'd rather watch a Claire and Cameron where there might be something that's just a turnaround than a Gina and Clint where we know like it's just completely gone and you're just like you're insulting us at this point but as i said it i don't i don't know i don't know it's better they definitely Um, got off on the wrong foot though yeah they did um lauren and orion it's still raining but they're like in this like really really large pool and I don't know how they were able... I just felt like the resort was empty. Either that or did they pay... No, because in other ones, we see people in places. But here, these people seem to be getting things to themselves. But it was the winter, right? When was the shot? Like January. January. So I'm wondering if everyone just went back, back to school, back to work and all that. But this pool is massive and no one else is in there. So Orion tells Lauren that his biggest priority is making sure that she feels safe. And Lauren is very excited by this because her mom, before she passed, stressed her that she just wanted her to be with a strong man that makes her feel safe. He says he enjoyed their conversation. They talked about kids, apparently. They're both on the same page, that they want one kid and they're open for adoption. So he says that, you know, she just has a warm aura. And as a kid, he needed that growing up. Now, that triggered me to think, 
does Orion have a good relationship with his family? I can't tell. But him saying that, combined with the two times he's mentioned that growing up in a in a matriarchy, I think he said, and growing up just all around women, it was different. The first time he said it, he said it like in a negative way, so he doesn't like being told what to do. The next time he said that's what makes him feel empowered to be with a black woman. But then now he's saying like how warm aura was what he needed growing up, implying that he did not get that growing up. What did you think of that statement when he said that? We're still trying, I'm with you in that we're still trying to figure out was, I think even answering the question, does Orion consider his childhood a good experience? Yeah. I'm still not sure, but leaning towards no. I think his dad leaving was, I think, a huge thing for him, as as it would be for anybody. But I'm still waiting for Orion to answer the question, like, was your childhood good? Because what are you trying to make up for in this marriage? And I don't say that as a negative. I just, it's just a question. For me, my thing with Orion is whenever he says things, I never completely either believe it or it feels like he's holding back. So it never really feels like I'm getting like the full story. To his credit, he might be telling the full story. I'm just saying that the way I read it, it never just comes out like he's telling the full story. So it's almost like whenever he answers a question, I just have more questions. I never, I'm never like, oh, okay, that, that makes sense. I just always feel like I have more questions whenever he says things. I will say... You described a sequence where his position seemed to change very quickly. I think Orion speaks to his audience, uh, which makes him a little untrustworthy, in my opinion. He doesn't come up as genuine. I think there that's we go. what we're trying to say. <laughs> like, whenever he says something, like I said, and again, guys, the caveat is he might be, I'm just saying he reads to us, like, eh, it's not for, like, when he said, I get a paycheck, I'm financially, I'm like, are you really? I wasn't like, yeah, I believe him. Like, I believe Steve. He could have been lying, but I was like, I believe Steve. But I don't know if Orion is telling the truth or not. So um, he does say that feelings are growing, the chemistry is growing, and it's nice to feel nice and to feel seen. Um, they tell themselves that they are pretty good at this marriage thing. And I just clutched my pearls and said, oh, no, they just jinxed themselves. It's too soon, honeys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's just like day three or four or something. Talking about we're pretty good at this marriage thing. Back to Cameron and Claire. They have a conversation. And Cameron says the more he sees the fun side of her, the more attracted he is to her. Um, he finds her attractive and he likes her and hopefully they can be more relaxed. The one thing I will say, I don't doubt that Cameron finds her attractive. The only time I question it is when she says things like, he said she's not what he physically asked for. And the only reason we know this is because of After Party, which kind of annoys me in my Cameron and Claire interactions. Like, I wonder if part of the reason why he doesn't feel, I don't know, welcomed or like he can initiate, is because she's still holding on to, you told me I wasn't your type. I'm still waiting for Claire to take a deep breath out. The Claire (laughs) that I've watched for the first five episodes is still holding her breath. I need this woman to relax. So if I'm feeling that through the screen, what is he seeing in real time? 
But like, even on after party, it's months later and she's still not relaxed. I don't think yeah. Claire can relax in front of a camera. Okay, that's true. But then here's my fault to the producers. If he actually said this, ask him or prompt him in a question like, is she is this what you wanted physically? Does Claire meet your physical expectations? And let us see what he says. Did you tell her or whatever? We don't have to see the questions. That's what they do all the time. Why haven't they prompted him in that direction? So there is an awkward silence. Then he asks, is there anything you want to know about me? <laughs> and that, and then he follows up with like, oh yeah, you mentioned that you're still in school. And she said, yeah, that she's in her last year of her master's, which made me think like, so I thought she was a therapist. So I don't know. That's a doctor, right? Uh, no, it could be a, um, I think she's working on her LCSW, a licensed clinical social worker, which means you're a therapist. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And she's in her last year of her master's. <laughs> and then she goes, um, uh, and you, you fix bikes, right? Like, how does that work? Like, I mean, do you get bored? Like, isn't it repetitive? I don't know about you. I read that as condescending. I don't know if it's because she's uncomfortable, but I just, I don't. That could fit into any job. Like if you are in front of a computer and you send emails and you're like, oh, how about you? You do business, right? You just crunch numbers every day. Isn't that bored? Doesn't it get repetitive? What job is not repetitive? Even I, as an actor, that's exciting. You read lines <laughs> every day. You take takes every I I don't know. I didn't like it. I got vibes that she looked down on his job and she was like making him justify why his job is a real job. <laughs> He had to go further. And here's the thing. She makes the statements. It seems seemingly innocent. And then it gets switched. And then when he says it, it's like she retracts or feels bad. Then she goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely, I completely, like, see what you're saying. Oh, it's so awesome. And I'm like, okay, am I crazy? And then you never know where it stands. But then when he shared his part of it, he says the other part of his job is, like, there's a lot of people, especially during the pandemic, who took up biking. And he offers bikes, like, for mental health and does that part. She suddenly switches and she's like, yeah, like, you know, I respect that, you know, you enjoy what you do, that what he does, and it's not about the money. And I'm like, okay. I that really, was kind I, of right? I just, I, I don't want to be like I'm beating down on Claire, but it's just, what is this about? I'm not saying like Cameron is the greatest person, but it doesn't matter what job anyone does. Like, I, I wouldn't lead with. You fix bikes, right? Like, I just... That's not even what they said he does. I mean, is that what he does? I, I thought he just remember. owned a bike company. I, owned, I thought he owned a bike company. And he goes riding on there. So I was like, don't you get bored? I'm just like, ugh, okay. Anyways, Lauren and Orion are in. And they're in their hotel room. It is still raining so hard. And I'm still sad. And Lauren tells Orion that... He needs to lay her edges. She needs to lay her edges down. And Orion is like, oh, can I watch you put your edges down? And then she finds that funny. And then she laughs. She's like, can you say it again? And then he says it. And she's like, oh, you lay your edges down. She gives him a tutorial. She shows him how she lays her edges, how she ties like the headband or the scarf on it to lay it down. And it's like, this is why it's called lay your edges. And at this point, Orion does seem enamored by Lauren because I have seen some people speak online that they don't think that Orion is attracted to Lauren. 
And I'm not getting that vibe at all. I think that he is. What do you think? Same, I think that he is. I thought the edges thing was cute, but weird. Really? Why do you think it was weird? I, we'll get into it later. But um, okay. it, it's going to be part of our, our second Lauren and Orion topic. Okay. Um, Orion gives, well, I guess I'll do it now. Orion gives a very like, oh my God, you're black? I want to learn. I want to learn all about this black thing. <laughs> like, do you see where I'm going a little bit even? Um, yes, but it goes back to him not being genuine. It's like, do you really care? Are you doing it because you think that's what you're supposed to like? Oh, wow. Like, put your, like, again, and this could be my expectations on him. I just really thought he had more interaction than he would know what, like, this wouldn't be like the first time he's heard about edges. But if he hasn't, and he's truly interested in that, and like, oh, why is it called, what do you, maybe he had no idea what laying your edges meant. And he was like, can I watch you? Like, what does that mean? And I'm not saying every black woman lays her edges, but yeah. more and more, I'm like, I get the vibe that Lauren is the first black girl he's ever dated. He does not seem to know anything about black people or black women. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, which is I, not I, a criticism. It's just a bit of a surprise. Yeah, the bonnet was the giveaway. Like, I think that's dating black woman one on one. The bonnet. So, if he had no idea about that, this seems to be his first rodeo with a black woman. So, um, Becca and Austin are on a boat ride. She says that he is in tune with what she needs. And she needs a lot of reassuring because of her overthinking mind. And she's just grateful to have him and expressing her gratitude. Um, It's nice for him to witness what the friends and family have said about her. And he said that she's strong and most people don't see how her health issues have affected her. And he admires that about her. Usually I hate when people call people strong. I'm always like, is that a compliment or is it not? But I think I understood where he was coming from. Just saying like having to put up with that and put a smiling face. Because she's like, I don't want to be a burden to people. So I just try to put my best foot forward. But it feels nice that you can see me and be on that. They really have nothing about these two. They're very pleasant. (laughs) Um... So Emily and Brennan, because apparently now every season we have to have a couple who does alcohol tasting. Last year it was Nicole and Chris. They take shots of mezcal, which I'm just like, is this not even the health hazard? That was a lot of shots that they took. And I didn't see any carbs beside them. I have no even, what is mezcal? Uh, It's just liquor, right? Yeah. Is it a type of tequila? It's just, it's made from agave. So it's not a type of, you know, tequila is a type of mezcal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so it's in the same family. Either way, it's a lot of alcohol. I think it's like 40%. And that's a lot to me with the many shots. But also I'm a lightweight, so maybe I just can't handle it. But they took a lot of shots. She does a very terrible New York accent. And then she goes back to asking about partying. And she tells him how she was a huge partier. 
but it's all in the past. And then she goes all in the past-ish. And then Brennan, who I can never tell if he's scared or if he finds it fascinating. And then she goes like she's really emotional. He's like his he can be emotional that he's sappy. They make jokes about it. He does mention to us that, you know, he's glad they seem to be getting along. Once again, they have the same values. And he feels like when he was dating, he used to wonder if he was just different. But with Emily, he feels like he can say something to her and she won't judge him and she could just be himself. So once again, these two going on strong. And we'll take a break right now and we'll be back. They say time waits for no one and neither should payday. To keep your money moving in the direction of your dreams, get Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. You can use the money you get from Earn In to make sure you have your spending money ready for your fun spring break trips to the beach. Make Earn In a part of your financial routine and join Earn In's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earn In, I think about financial stability and security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earn In today. That's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Auto Call on the podcast because when you sign up, it'll really help the show. That's Auto Call on the podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max, see earning.com slash TOS for details. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like a lime margarita and a grapefruit paloma, which happens to be my favorite, so you can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% off the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash MAFS. Each can of Recess is a lightly sparkling mocktail made with real fruit and only 25 calories or less. It's a guilt-free way to unwind. They taste just like your favorite cocktails, without the alcohol. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess Mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercallmafs. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. So we come back and Orion and Lauren are navigating themselves, maneuvering themselves into a hammock. It is it's hard. It's very difficult to get into a hammock. <laughs> it, is. it is very hard. And I was very proud of them because they sorted themselves out. It seemed very smoothly. Mm-hmm. While they're in the hammock, they get served some sort of beverage, which I was like, thank God someone came over. And after you get into the hammock, you can't get out to go get a drink. Um, they, they start talking about how this experience is crazy, but it feels natural, but it feels crazy. So they talk about that. All very positive. 
Perhaps they'll have Mexican food for dinner. Then they talk about gender roles. Lauren said she's very flexible. She says she wants to cook, but she's good with him cooking. And cooking is like a skill that everybody should have. But at this point, I actually thought to myself, has Lauren told Orion that she's bisexual? (laughs) And the reason why is because this is a discussion about traditional gender roles and what they believe in. And Lauren and Orion both believe in some modified form of traditional gender roles where he is the provider and she is a person who works but not provides. Yeah. And she wants a man of the house. I honestly don't think he feels that strongly about it and he's just going with her. But he does feel strongly, I think, about providing. Mm. She says she doesn't want him to handle finances alone. And they have this like thing about the percentages. Like his, I guess, ideal percentage would be 80-20. But he also mentions that they're going to have to work towards that because I think as of this day, he's not a position to be in an 80-20. Honestly, if the money's not there right now, I'm like, what nonsense are you people talking? Yeah, because now you're just speaking hypothetically. How about we talk realistically right now? I thought I, I thought this was really bad. <laughs> I'm like this. It was interesting that Emily and Brennan's conversation about money was very much grounded in where they are now, and yeah. Orion and Lauren was grounded in aspiration. Which, of course, you should dream together. But I was like, are you guys going to talk about exactly how you're going to pay bills when you get home? Like now, he he lives with his mother. Yep. Do you have any recollection about him mentioning anything about the matriarchy again? In this part, I don't think so. Because I have a note, I don't know why I didn't get full thing, where I'm like, I think there's a backstory we don't know about Orion when it comes to being in a matriarchy. Because he must have said something, and I'm like, again? But I didn't write full notes, so. (laughs) (laughs) Orion says money is touchy, and I guess Lauren expressed like she was never going to bring that topic up. They must have had some sort of previous off-camera conversation that was definitely initiated by him because she said, oh, I would never. Yeah. Then they talk about his manscaping. So she's like, so what is it like down there? And she asks if it's a jungle. And he's like, no, I keep it low and soft. For Christmas, his brother got him manscape. It's aftershave for the nuts. So he takes care of himself. They have a whole thing. Um, about what is the situation down there. Tane, what did you think? I just thought it was pointless. You're married now? Just ask him to drop trial. Honestly, <laughs> that's just what... Save yourself this entire conversation and see for yourself. So that that that's what I thought. But also, I think it's funny because I just seeing in my notes that I wrote, should she have mentioned her bisexuality here? <laughs> I don't <laughs> Because, I mean, I know it hasn't been shown on the show in the past. And I'm referring to, like, Virginia, Alexis. And they've told us afterwards that their partner knew, but they just didn't show it. I don't know if Virginia told. I can't remember that. But I know Alexis said Justin knew. So I don't know if this is an off-camera conversation. But I would be surprised that it would be an off-camera conversation. But I'm curious also if... It comes up, and if it does, when will it come up? I don't know. I thought that would be a perfect moment, because when you're saying I want a traditional man provider for my life, I'm like, okay, so that's what you want for marriage. But that 
I think that's a factor. Like, yeah. this is part of the reason why you chose to marry a man is because you want these things. Yeah. Yeah. So then they kiss and their song plays. And I was like, I've heard this song before um, on previous episodes of Maths. And we all think that Lorna or Ryan are doing pretty well. That kiss was very long. It was a very sensual kiss and they really stayed on it for a while. So then we move on to Becca and Austin. They're talking about their childhoods. Um, He said that he was a wild kid. Um, She says that she grew up in Chicago. She grew up privileged. Interesting word choice. Um, Great schools, upper middle class, like everything was great. She said she went a little while in junior high and high school. And I think we're similar ages. So my first thought was, so you started wearing black and like listening to depressing music. Um, I don't know if that's true, but that's what I consider suburban middle school people going wild as. They um, have a conversation about kids. She seems very ambivalent about having kids. He says, yeah, I want them three year spread. Somehow by the end of that conversation, they seem to both want kids. He does talk about being an only child. um, And she asks if he was jealous of his friends with siblings. And he's like, no, I wasn't. But then it seems pretty clear that he did not enjoy being an only child, Um, which both things can be true at the same time. Um, because there is, I mean, when you're an only child and especially when you get older, you realize like, oh, I didn't have to share a lot of things. My parents could like invest a lot in me, but at the same time, I mean, clearly he seems like he was a little bit lonely. So if he has kids, he would want them to have a sibling. Yeah. So I'm here trying to think of the meaning of ambivalence and if I'm reading it wrong, but if she wants to have kids cause her partner wants kids does that still count as ambivalent yes to me okay okay she doesn't seem to have any concerns about fertility if it relates to endometriosis or whatever which i thought was a good thing i thought it was an interesting thing that it wasn't discussed Uh, yeah uh, yeah I can see that. I just thought if she didn't bring it up, then maybe it wasn't an issue. But how can it not? Like for most with endometriosis, it's a concern. Not to say like you're definitely going to have issues, but it's just like a, hey, be aware. It might be affected. But yeah. But also we know that Austin hasn't done a deep dive yet on it because I anticipate that he would ask a question about that because I wondered if she was ambivalent because if on the flip side it's something that she's thought about it's like a defense mechanism like oh I don't care if I have kids or not because there might be an issue but yeah you're right it didn't come up at all but then we don't know what come what's on camera and what's not what's off camera editing man it, it leaves out a lot <laughs> um there was one thing that Austin said that I thought was cute when she said, if we were to have kids, how long do you want to have kids? He said, not for a while. I have a lot of other things I want to do before I have kids, like date you. And I thought that was really cute. That was adorable. I have a lot of hope for Becca and Austin, and then I feel like a fool. I'm like, we're three days in, maybe. Um. <laughs> it was like a setup. Like, it, like, it's called a honeymoon for a reason. I mean, people fail in honeymoons like we see, but... It just feels like we want to invest in them, but it's like, should we? Can we? 
And I mean, when we look at them and then we move on to Cameron and Claire, we're like, yeah, yeah, I might as well stay invested in those ones because these other two are not it. Oh, God. They make my belly clam up. They just start and I'm like, oh, what's next now? Supposedly they're on a date. (laughs) Cameron is like, how is it? And she's like, I'm having fun. Look, if you ever have to say I'm having fun, you're not really having fun. If there's a question about whether or not you're having fun, usually it means you're not having fun. It, It depends, but okay. They are still getting to know each other. So he says we can use this dinner as a starting point. I'm like, oh, Lord. If we're starting over, (laughs) once we get into that starting over language, I'm like, oh, this is not good. And then she says, oh, I can tell that I'm having a good time when I'm laughing a lot. Have you seen this girl laugh a lot? (laughs) No. She says she thinks that he's goofy in a good way. I'm glad she added in a good way because I feel like he's already like, wow, she doesn't take me seriously. So things are already, I would say, not good on that front. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, she talked about how her job is serious. And so she, I guess outside of work, she likes to be not serious. Once again, I have not seen evidence of this. Then she asked if he went to therapy and he says he went as a kid. There's no follow up as to why someone took him to therapy as a child. Cause I would be curious to know why your parents took you to therapy as a child. I think that would be an important part of your history with therapy. Am I right are, or am I wrong? You are right. We're on the same page. I, but I said, would it be out of line to wonder why he went to therapy as a kid? It just seems very specific. And we're also trying to put the pieces together about Cameron's family. Because yes, they couldn't make the wedding. But I've just never heard him say, my family and I are so close. We've never heard him say that. What? Exactly. Um. So she... Honestly, this felt like, um, I don't want to say an attack, but kind of like a challenge. Like Claire's like, well, do you think therapy is good? And he's like, yeah, I do. I think that if people need therapy, like, I think it's a good thing. And we could probably all use therapy. I mean, seemed to be the vibe of what he was saying. And then she's like, but why don't you go now? And he's like, I think I'm good. or asking someone why they don't go to therapy is pretty much an indicator. Like at the end of the day, therapy is a treatment. Uh, I I know that we all are like, Oh, everybody should go to therapy, whether they're good or they're not good. At the end of the day, the people who need it the most, and it is a limited resource are the people who are having a problem. So I can understand if you feel like you're good, why would you just up and go to therapy? And uh, like, you can, I'm not saying you shouldn't, but why would you? I think he put it best when it was like, I don't see like therapy. It doesn't hurt to do therapy. But I think your question where she said, asking a person, why don't you go to therapy to me? is just as egregious as when someone asks, why are you single? Like what the hell, how the hell am I supposed to answer that question? People don't go for many reasons. Like you said, not everybody can afford it. Not everybody is prepared. You have to be prepared. I think therapy has become like a buzzword where everyone just says, just go to therapy, just go to counseling. Just because you go to therapy doesn't mean you're going to be fixed. You still have to do the work. You still have to do the tools. If you're not mentally there and you're not going to do the work, don't just go to therapy for therapy's sake, just because it's what you're supposed to do. You kind of have to be ready for it and prepared to accept all the things that are going to come with it. So if someone's not in therapy, they're just not in therapy. Drop it. She would. I just. 
I felt like she was taking his lack of going to therapy as an attack on her profession. I don't know. It doesn't... It felt like... This was like a little bit of what Stasha did for Nate, right? I mean, he took it more graciously. He's like, I'll go. And then I guess he never went until now. <laughs> no, but, he said, I'm going back to therapy because he, he had gone. He had gone. Oh, okay. But yeah, and I think this is my thing with Claire. It's like she's saying one thing. Her intentions say one thing. Her tone and body language say another. Because the question didn't seem like an innocent question. It seemed confrontational. Mm-hmm. And unless you put on your list to the experts, he must have already been to therapy. Why are you confronting him for never have gone to therapy? Yeah. Then they have another conversation that makes zero sense. Um, Claire asks if he, I think this started because he may have said, good things come to me without me doing things. And this, for some reason, set her off. Um, So he's trying to, this is the way I understood what he was saying. He's like, everybody gets opportunities presented to them. I feel like I've had opportunities presented to me and I have taken advantage of them. She says it's a privileged way of thinking. I think what she was going for is not everybody gets opportunities presented to them. Mm -hmm. You've been presented more opportunities and you're privileged for it. Somehow she actually managed to sound wrong. (laughs) Because Because he was like... (laughs) They both say things that make sense. But once it becomes a conversation, it it turns into a hot mess. And then I'm like, what do I believe in? I don't know. (laughs) He's like, to find, sometimes to find opportunities, you have to have drive. I mean, I think the man was literally saying, I haven't worked that hard, but good things have come to me. I don't know if there's something wrong with saying that, if it's true. I went back and forth on this. I was like, if I had to pick, I think I'm on Claire's side only because, but it's only if you invert it. It's true. You cannot fault people for having good luck. But if I'm interpreting what made her so offended, I think it's that he's not acknowledging that uh, there are people less fortunate than you, that you're not acknowledging that you're getting a leg up in these opportunities. And when he said that everybody's presented opportunities, she's like, that's a lie. That's not true. And him not acknowledging it is what set her off. Okay. You've managed to convince me to be more on her side than I was in this. <laughs> when yeah, I was watching. She's also asking for a lot. So I hear what she's saying, but you're on your honeymoon. Like, I, and I said this earlier, sometimes it feels like she's nitpicking. I don't know how she does it. She's trying, but she's also nitpicking. I don't, I, I don't know. And it doesn't matter what he's going to say, but it's going to be the wrong thing regardless. So it just feels like he's, Fighting an uphill battle. I did not feel he could win during that conversation. (laughs) And then they lie at the end of it. And they're like, we can have healthy discussions and have them not be an argument. What I just watched was an argument. (laughs) But Cameron says some other, this word salad. Well, I think we're actually really similar, but we have different viewpoints. (laughs) What? Anyways, when we come back, more couples will have more conversations. (laughs) 
So our next couple to converse is Emily and Brennan. They also sit down to talk about how happy they are. Emily is like, so what about sex? Are we there yet? And he says, we're building on it. He thinks the physical is coming naturally. She says she's willing to take his lead. And they're focusing on their emotional connection before they move on to sex. Great, cool. But this is another one where Emily is compromising with Brennan because I get the sense that she would be very happy to be having sex right now. Uh, Yeah, Emily is not happy about that. She wants to bang. Brennan is the one who's like, we should take it slow or whatever. I mean, this girl had her handcuffs ready. So, yeah, you're right. We should look in the future, like, how much compromise is too much? And I wonder which of the experts are going to clock that first. She talked in After Party about how, because she hadn't been in a relationship before, she is deferring and taking cues from him um, and sort of, like, allowing him to guide her in this new experience. And there are pros and cons to that. Um, And this to me is one of the cons. I'm not saying they should be having sex if he doesn't want to be having sex. Mm -hmm. It's just her, I think in her mind, she's like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. So if he says this is the way to do it, I guess we'll do it his way. Yeah, I think, (coughs) I think in this case, just at least voicing like, hey, but just FYI, like we can go this way because of course, because it's a topic like, sex if one person doesn't want to have it you can't force someone to do it but just voicing like hey if you ever change your mind where i stand i am willing to have sex versus just saying okay if that's how you want that's how that's how it's gonna be so you can agree to something but make your stance known because on the flip side you can't fault brennan if he doesn't know he's thinking oh we're on the same page so if you don't voice you know what exactly that you want then you can reach a compromise between the both of you. Which, by the way, Clint was the guest this uh, episode of After Party, and he was giving Emily props um, for someone who's never been in a relationship that she's pretty good on the compromising. Clint was kind of fun on After Party. Usually I'm bitter when people show up, but I, I mean, Clint didn't annoy me too much. Yeah, he's, pretty, he's been pretty good at the advice part of it. He's good when it's other people's relationships. <laughs> Next, we have Becca and Austin. He's in the pool. She's sitting on the edge of the pool. She says she's sorry for not getting in the pool. Um, It's because of her surgery recovery. And he says, don't feel bad. And they have a really pleasant conversation. I don't really remember what it was about. Again, the pool was empty. Don't know how they... I was about to say wonk that. I don't know how they winged that, but they did. Um, What is with Austin and the hats? It's like a Gino situation, but the thing is, Austin has a lot of hair, so I'm not sure what that's about. Also, he there was a confessional that they had that looked like a later confessional that they have, and he looked like a different person. You can tell the later confessionals that they have, like maybe after the show wrapped or something, it's that one with the chair and the thing in the background is like white, and I was like, I couldn't tell what was different about him, but he looked very different in that confessional. Hmm. I'm obsessed with a shirt that um, Becca is wearing in one of her confessionals. It's like uh, peach and like flowery. I think it is so cute. I kind of want to own it. Anyways. Um, All right. So Orion and Lauren are in their like tub in their, I don't know where they were, but it's not a, at first I was like, is that a hot tub? It doesn't look like a hot tub, but it's a bathtub, but it didn't appear to be in a bathroom. 
Oh, it's probably one of those um, jacuzzi type things that were in the balcony or something like that. Was there was there water in it? I don't know. All I know is she came out saying I'm hot, but I don't sit in the tub drinking alcohol. I'm like, okay, but I don't. All right. So they have this really terrible conversation. So first she asks him if he's used the N-word. And he like talks about how he was young, very ignorant. His family had to take him aside. Be like, that's not cool. And then she asks if she can punch him for her ancestors. And he says yes. And she like joke punches him. Mm-hmm. On the arm. Not like on the face or anything for those who don't watch. Just a playful jab on the arm. That's it. So then they get into, after he talks about his N-word usage, and they seem to like get that out the way, then he asks her, has she said any certain words? And he says the R-word as an example, the R-word being the name of the Washington former football team. And then she says it back to him like, no, I've never said R-word. And then I was like kind of in shock because I was like, oh my God, she said it. And then she laughed and then she looked at his face and she was like, oh God. And quickly starts being like, I'm sorry. I feel like I just did something. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um... So Lauren has the like emotional intelligence to see that like he something has gone really wrong here. And... He asks her, like, do you know the meaning of the term? And she's like, no, I don't. And she's like, do you want to explain it to me? Like, she's very much trying to, I'm going to give her a lot of credit here because I feel like the girl did her best. So she's trying to be like as sensitive and as understanding and like make as much space for him as possible. That is how I perceived everything she was saying. Tane? So, okay. So the way I saw it, when she did say the R word, she said it when she said, I've never used that word. I don't even know what R word means and laughed. And then she looked at him, but I saw it that she laughed because she looked at him and she's like, oh, I just looked at your face and I see that it's red. And she's like thinking that's what red skin means. And she thought it was like, oh, because you're sunburnt, because that's what she actually said was like, I just looked at you and you were sunburnt. And I thought that's what it might actually mean. So I think it was just a completely unfortunate sequence of events, but she was immediately apologetic about it. So then Orion gives an explanation about what it means. And it's like, when related to like scalping which i was like oh i am learning something here but i've looked it up some more and that origin i should probably not say that but like everything i looked up says that it clearly refers to skin color so i don't know where so i'm glad you're saying no i'm glad you're saying that because i looked it up also and I couldn't find anything about scalping. And I was like, I'm just going to leave this to H. She's the smarter one. Because I, 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 of all the things I knew, I didn't know about scalping. Again, not saying that he's wrong or anything. I'm just saying I wanted to know more. But I couldn't find anything about scalping relating to the origin of the word. So that was new to me also. 
So that's where, and then it just kept going. Then Orion started saying like, it's the way you delivered it. And I was like, what is he saying? She, she really was just repeating back what you said. And then he says, she's like, you still seem like upset. And he's like, I am heated. And then she like, this is where she's kind of starts defending herself. I didn't know if this was the greatest defense. And she's like, I'm just very, um, do you see the way you're reacting to me when I said something? But when Cameron said something as a white man, you didn't seem to get that upset. So like, why are you reacting differently? Mm. I didn't know. What did you think of that? Oh, hey, this was, I'm not going to lie. When she said it, I'm like, points are being made. But then when I took a step back, when I watched it again, and I'm like, okay, maybe her reaction means more because that's his wife. That's mm-hmm. who he's going to build a life with. But on the flip side, they've also known each other the same amount of days. And honestly, he laughed a little bit too hard with Cameron. Like, I don't mm-hmm. understand why, even if you're not living a life with this person, you are going to be, essentially, that's going to be a coworker. You can say, I know ignorance, but you could also be like, I would really respect if you don't say this again, especially after you tell me that you've used the N word before mm-hmm. and she gave you grace and just did like a playful thing and all of that. So yes, I understand the part. And again, not trying to minimize that because in he, he was saying that there's a difference between reservation and the R word. And I, uh, I think there is, I think that's a, a, a valid argument to make. Which she acquiesced to and said, yes, there is. And, you know, when she's like, I didn't call you that. I'm just like, oh, I said, I realized he was just like, you are minimizing that. And I just didn't like how it devolved into like, your pain is greater than, it just became a. Uh, I, An I oppression know. off? Yeah. Like who is more oppressed than anything? But ultimately, ultimately, my thing is. Again, I can never tell the offended what level they should be offended or not or anything. She should absolutely not have said the word because in retrospect, if you hadn't, the same way we're saying that he has never dated a black woman or maybe, I don't know if she's ever been that close to a Native American before to recognize that it's the same way she would feel if a non-black person was like the N-word to her face, like by using the R-word. I don't think she realized that. But I think that in the same senses of her saying, I don't really know what that means, or I don't know anything about it, I think is why she said it. Again, I'm not excusing her because we have said in the past, like if you don't know certain things at this age, it's willful ignorance because there's a lot of information out there to go look it up. So I think in the, to be safer, she probably should have just said, oh, I've never used that word. I don't even know what that word means instead of actually saying the word. Because yes, he, she doesn't know what it means. It doesn't hold as much weight, but it means a lot to him. But I think he should have just given her grace because I'm trying to flip it. If he used the N word, what would be our reaction? If he said, oh, I don't even know what N word means. But it doesn't hold, I don't want to say it doesn't hold the same weight because, again, it should. I'm not going to tell um, anybody what kind of weight 
Uh, yes. uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about After Party, because I also didn't enjoy that very much either. Um, at the end of the day, I mean, I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was on anybody's side here. It was just really unfortunate, honestly, to watch. Um, but I really didn't love what felt like Keisha and Emily telling Orion how upset he should be when his wife uses a racial slur to his face. Yeah. I didn't like that. I, I didn't think that was something he should be confronted about. Um, I didn't mind them saying stuff like, oh, she was really, like, did you understand that she was, that it appeared to all of us that she was not trying to do anything bad? Like, she didn't have any bad intentions. I was okay with that question. But then I just felt like both of them just went a little too far. You can never, again, tell the offended how offended you should be and how quickly you should move on. (laughs) You just can't do that. And then I think when Keisha was like, She's also a minority, and as a black woman, she's been through it and all that. But the same way I wouldn't expect somebody else to understand our struggle, it's the same way we don't understand what it's like to be a... A Native American man. I The same way yeah. I don't expect anybody to understand being a black woman... Um, I would not expect anybody to understand what it's like to be a Native American man. I don't, yeah. I mean, we, every time we're like, we are so ignorant about this particular group of people and our ignorance is not like something to be proud of. It's, it's not an excuse. The way it is. It's not an excuse. Not an excuse. Like I said, there's a lot of information out there that if you want to know, you will be in the know. Like I just, you know, that would have been a day one conversation with me. If I'm going to be paired with someone who's of a different culture, I'm going to be like, what are the do's? What are the don'ts? What are the whatever? I would have Googled up some stuff because it's the same thing as, and which is why I'm just like, be careful what you ask for. If you say that you're open to like an interracial marriage, because it's like what we say about 90 day fiance, where people want to marry people of a different culture, but don't want to learn about the culture. So it, it was just it was just unfortunate. I think it's the word that I'm gonna say because I completely understand Lauren's intentions. I don't think she had any bad intentions. I don't think she wanted to be disrespectful, but unfortunately she was. There's just no way to excuse the fact that she used the word. She used you know? the word. She absolutely could have chosen to say that word, but she did use the word because she didn't understand the weight that it holds, and that's just unfortunate. And we can't tell him not to be offended by that. The only thing, and I don't know if I'm, you know, discrediting myself or uh, what's the word, saying the opposite, but I just wish sometimes they would remember they've only known each other for days. I think he could have been as angry as he wanted to and given it some time. What I didn't like on After Party was... He said that he gave her grace, but I don't think he did. Maybe later. <laughs> I just like <laughs> there was none in that moment. I kept saying that, and I'm like, um, no, you didn't, uh, or whatever. So, um, I don't know. I, I, the other part of it was like, what I'm from an outsider, what I'm understanding, and Lauren. 
is the kind of person who you can make jokes here and there and she'll laugh it off as it is because when she asks what is the hard line and Orion is like, there's no hard line. Like, you should not be allowed to make those jokes at all. And I understood that because Lauren said, sometimes, oh, maybe I'm just like humor to mask the pain and you just laugh along. And Orion is like, no, you should never be able to do that. He's not wrong. And I understand what she's saying because sometimes you just laugh to go along, but you, it's not okay to take the microaggressions or the anything. And he has no hard line, but they don't know each other. So they don't know that. Where I'm thinking where Lauren is coming from is like, you know, sometimes where you make those jokes, where some people make jokes like, oh, why people don't use seasoning when they cook or whatever. I think that Lauren would be the kind of people who would be like, oh, you know how, you know how your people do, like, oh, you like marinades or whatever, those stereotypes or whatever. But Ryan is saying, like, there is no room for those jokes in my life. Which I always feel. Look, the reason why we can make the white people seasoning jokes is because they're not the oppressed minority. Yeah, And but... sometimes you can make those jokes within the black community, but if a white person said it, it wouldn't be funny anymore. <laughs> but I'm thinking, again, they happen to be on camera, but I'm thinking there are some interracial couples who would have those jokes yes. within themselves and they're okay with it. Like if they made a joke where someone would be like, oh, that's offensive, but because they know each other. So I think that's where it is where Lauren is saying like, oh, so where, that's why she asked, where is your hard line? <laughs> and my dude is like, there is none. <laughs> so she's just like, okay, I cannot make those jokes. But I think a lot of it is they don't know each other. I, and I, 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 well, I mean, I, I'm, We'll see what happens with Lauren and Orion. In After Party, Orion said that he spent two and a half hours sitting by himself thinking about this conversation. And I guess afterwards there was some sort of reconciliation that we'll probably see next week. But this was very bad. It was oh. To me, it was bad because I felt like Lauren unintentionally did something really, really wrong. Yeah. And in that moment, Orion was not in the forgive, move on, have any understanding he was just really hurt, upset, and mad. I don't know how they come back from this. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I don't know how they come back from this. And then the preview next week saying he has an issue with her having said, I, I honestly don't know where they come back from. The one thing that's still nagging on me, yes, I get that she's his wife, but I am of two minds and I never came to reconciliation about his reaction to what Cameron said and his reaction to Lauren. I get it. It's not an oppressive gay. I get it that it's not in the same vein. But it wasn't like he was stoic and he was mad and he had a straight face, but he was laughing hard in that van. He did not express his displeasure. I just, I, I, I that's where I'm torn. Like, I'm not saying like it's not wrong or anything, but he laughed. He's saying like, you know, there's no humor, there's no whatever, but he went ahead and he laughed. So there's something there I haven't reconciled. It's not for me to reconcile, I know, but I'm just saying that uh, that was something I was thinking about was her reaction. Uh, I was very curious. As they go forward, I'm just going to be very curious to see Cameron and Orion's interactions. Yeah. Yeah. I fully expected a conversation. It's not on Orion 
to pull him aside and teach him or anything of the fact. I just think maybe don't laugh and just say, oh, I understand ignorance. It's fine or whatever. It's not fine. If it's not fine, then be fine. But I fully expected Cameron to go the extra step and pull him aside and, and apologize. But instead, he got willful ignorance. I'm never going to forgive Cameron for that. I will say, and maybe I'm just remembering this wrong. When he called Cameron ignorant, I felt there was like an edge there. There was an edge, but he was laughing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he just That's why laughing. I said I was curious. Because the way he said willful ignorance, I was like, oh, he's going to hate this man until the day he dies. That's what I thought. <laughs> That's what I thought. He, he, he said it's fine. I understand ignorance. So. I felt like he was saying, I understand you are ignorant, therefore I don't care what you say. I, there was there was something there that I was like, oh, he hates this man. <laughs> <laughs> and again, to be fair, that could be another expectation where he thinks Lauren as a minority should understand how these kind of words could hurt. And I just wanted to be clear to everyone, I'm not saying that this is an excuse for Lauren at all. But when she said it, I did think that was something I just ruminated on like, oh, his reaction versus that reaction. But I completely understand a higher expectation of his life partner than this random white man that he just met on the bus. I agree. And I have to say, when Lauren said it, before Orion said anything, I was shocked that she said it. Not because I'm very familiar with the R word as a slur or I was familiar with Orion's history as he explained it. It's just because I felt like, and I, I'm, I understand, like not everybody knows. The first thing I feel like you learn in like cross-cultural interaction is whatever the person says does not give you as a person not in that group permission to say things. Mm-hmm. I j- that's why I was shocked. Even, even before his explanation, before he got mad, I was like, oh my God, she just said it. I was shocked. I, I thought... I'm not saying I thought she should know better, but I didn't think it was an unexpected standard to have. But what throws me up for Lou is him admitting that he'd used the N-word. Okay, that part is, is key, yes. Out of ignorance, but he out of this. the N-word. Huh? In that conversation, he said the N-word. Yes, yes, I get it. But he said he'd used it in the past and it was just childish. And all that, and it was ignorance. So I'm just thinking it through. Is the ignorance that he was young, but he expects at her age, she should not be that ignorant. Maybe. I just she didn't she didn't say. I don't know. We could talk about this all day, but I'm I'm hoping that she's an after party next week. I don't know if they'll bring it up because I don't know what after party has become, but it it would be interesting. I think what I find interesting, I haven't spent that much time on anywhere, but Lauren is not really getting heat for this. No. I think Orion's getting more heat than Lauren is. And I think it's a lack of a lot of people understanding the Native American history mm-hmm. and not placing it. Yeah, just not understanding how hurtful it could be. So maybe like a lot of people haven't encountered Native American culture to understand how hurtful the term is. Because I think for, you know, even for Americans, like you, the name of the football team wasn't changed until recently. 
it just went ahead. I, you know, and this speaking of the name, I was actually very shocked a few weeks ago when uh, Christine from Sister Wives, apparently her new husband is a fan of the team and they put on jerseys that were the old jerseys. It felt very intentional. It's unfortunate, but I think if you poll a lot of Americans, they're not going to know how hurtful using that term is. I, 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 I you're gravity. probably right. Yeah. I mean, Plus, the thing is, I lived in the Washington, D.C. area, and so I was very aware of that. Yes. I was very aware of how this name was considered offensive. It took forever to get them to take it off. Come up with a new name for a football team. It just, yeah. I feel like witnessing that at least was somewhat educational for me. Maybe that's why I was shocked when Lauren said it. It was a whole battle. It was like nationwide news, actually. That this whole back and forth on what it was not going to be called. But I think that's why Lauren is not getting as much flack. And also, I'm not going to lie. I just think like... He should have been a little forgiven while at the back of my mind knowing that you can't tell someone how to be that forgiving. Only because I don't know her, but I feel like I could tell her intent was not that. And I don't know if it was worse because she laughed when she said it, but she just meant it in terms of like his skin. I don't know. I'm not making I should shut up. But <laughs> I really got distracted because when this conversation originally started, I started thinking like, Oh my God, would I ever date somebody who like freely admitted to me that they use the N-word? I don't know. Oh. A, a non-black person? If if they if we were dating and you're like, oh, I've just used the N-word here and there, would I just be like, okay, that's fine? I was kind of shocked. It was like, Lauren was just like, okay, that's cool. Um, And then I thought I to myself, does that mean that you can never, ever, ever date anybody? <laughs> like, are there no people out there who have not engaged in N-word usage? Okay, I was about to say that. I don't because he said he said it and in songs. There's a lot of songs that have that, and I I would be shocked if it just hadn't slipped out and it was part of the lyrics or whatever. I think that would be a very low percentage of people who haven't used it. It may not be publicly, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. This is very dicey. I just really wish it didn't happen because like I said, I don't know how they come back from this. I, I just don't see it. Especially like he was heated. He wasn't even like, you know, whatever. He was upset. And to me, an after party, he still seemed upset. Yes. So now I don't care what she says. He's going to have a problem with it. You know, basically the minute she said that word, if he had a hard on for her, he, it's gone. There is nothing. He is soft. It's never coming back. But hopefully I'm wrong. Uh, well, they have other issues to work through. So we'll see. <laughs> so next up is we end on Becca and Austin. Becca, um, they're sitting there. He's drinking. She's not. She asks if it bothers him that she doesn't drink. He's very quick to be like, no. They talk about what a great match they have. They have some like theoretical conversations about death. He says he's not scared to die. Um, because he he doesn't really have a family who relies on him. And I thought to myself, like, she's been through some serious illness. I wonder if she has a different view about death. But anyway, um, she doesn't talk I, about it. But I'm actually thinking that 
if he's not scared about death and he's so cavalier about it, if he's being honest, she's not like if some that means he's not scared to be with someone who has medical issues compared to someone who's so scared about it and everything. They're like, oh, my God, my partner is going to die, blah, blah, blah. But if he's being honest and he's cavalier about it, that's a good match to me. Um, He was very specific that he's not scared about his own dying. We didn't get into oh, like okay. parents, siblings. Well, he doesn't have any. I don't know, cousins, other important people. He was just talking about himself. She talked about how in the past she had bad anxiety. She wouldn't get on a plane. She wouldn't go to the grocery store. She missed out on a lot of life. But then she figured out how to manage it. And now she's almost like the opposite. She wants to do everything because she missed so much. I thought to myself, that's. I wonder if that is something that's done for life or if it could crop up again. Like, I don't think, I think anxiety comes in waves. And I also think a change in life circumstances could probably trigger her anxiety again. Yeah, I think the thing about anxiety has no trigger warnings, so it just pops up. True, but she's like, oh, I have it very well managed now. And I totally believe her. She has it very well managed. But I'm like, oh, like, if you have a kid, will that manifest itself as to, to really bad anxiety? All this to say is I'm just like, oh, that's interesting. Not like a, oh, yeah. The, that I just thought of that. Yeah. So she asks if he wants to go kayaking. And the worst case scenario is that they sit in the boat and look at each other. And gosh, these two are just so cute. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember if we saw them going kayaking in the preview or if they actually went kayaking in this episode. Mm, I don't know. Can she go kayaking? Because what if she tips over? He was, in what I saw, he was holding the paddles and they were getting into the kayak. And I guess she was just going to sit there and he was going to paddle. I don't know. Okay. I don't recall. Okay. Well, guys, I know this was an interesting one. So we would love to hear in the comments um, what you guys thought about the Lauren and Orion um, situation. But, Aid, who has your bouquet this week? I'm going to go ahead and give it to Becca. She didn't do anything spectacular or exciting this week. I just think she's cool and she didn't annoy me. And she's having a great time with Austin. So you know what? I'll even give it to Becca and Austin just for being, they're having hard conversations. They're having a good time. They're they're enjoying each other and learning about each other. And I just enjoy watching them. Okay. Who has yours? Mine goes to Emily and Brennan. In between like, Taking shots of tequila, having fun. I like that they had actual meaty conversations. They talked about the work-life balance. They talked about finances. They talked about even sex, even though she may not have voice. But I think those are important conversations. Everything doesn't have to be always serious. So it was a good balance. And they just seem to be getting along just as well as Becca and Austin, actually. So, yeah. Who has your burnt ashes? I hate to say it, but it's true. Orion and Lauren. Yeah. I feel bad giving them burnt ashes for having to deal with things in life that other people don't have to deal with. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I just don't think either one of them were their best selves or did the right the right things. Yeah. Yeah. It was a toxic stew. Who has your yeah. burnt ashes? I'm just going to ditto everything that you said. It's just thinking about it just makes my heart hurt 
because it's just like, I just want to take it back and wish it never happened because it's just sad. And I'm, well, I'm mad that they made us sad. <laughs> <laughs> we had such high hopes for them. All right, guys, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. We love hearing from you on social media. And like Tane said, we would love to hear your thoughts on this Orion and Lauren situation in our comments. We're available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any episodes. Give us a five-star rating if you're so inclined on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And don't forget, this week, we will have the episodes on time. So look forward to another episode on Friday. Till next week, guys. Bye. Bye.